Welcome to Compassion in a T-Shirt and our short shares with Professor Paul Gilbert. In episode four, Paul speaks about how humans thrive in environments that are caring and sharing and the effect when sometimes early life experiences don't go that way. third question I suppose that I was really sort of interested in is, is that in a sense there's the notion of, of being born with these innate tendencies in, in terms of and, and motivations in terms of the evolved brain and so on but yeah what, what, what are your thoughts about kind of what happens next I suppose and, and life experiences early on and, and um, the, the role that plays in, in a person's trajectory around compassion or otherwise I suppose you know the role of being shaped by experiences yeah well this is terrific because um, <clears throat> basically we're a highly social species and we are a lot of our emotion regulation systems are social you know we're regulated a lot of our joys our great joys are with being people we we love. I mean, you can have great joys doing things by yourself, and some people do. Of course, you, that's true. But uh, great joys are also with, when we will, are with people we we care about, and and so on and so on. So we are biologically set up from the day that we're born, really, to react and respond to the minds of others. Now, there's a brilliant book by Sarah Hardy uh, called Mothers and Others, which I would suggest everybody look at, um, that highlighted the fact that. Uh, for most primates, a mother won't let any other uh, primate touch the baby until they're quite old. But for humans, because our birth system is so complicated, um, birthing requires the help of others, uh, particularly kin. And so human babies then are passed around from a very early age and they have to become very sensitive to multiple minds. Okay, things. And then in hunter-gatherer societies, their relationships they have relationships with the parents, of course they do, but their relationships are very much dispersed <coughs> through the community. You know, As they say, it takes a village to raise a child. That's a famous comment, isn't it? Mm. And so we're these highly social beings. They get great joy when we can play and be with, with, with others and so forth. And we know that those experiences of feeling cared about, being frequently smiled at, being laughed with, all of that stuff, we know that those regular interactions do massive things to the stimulation of different brain systems, okay? Brain systems are really evolving or maturing in the context of this high positive social affect coming in. And we also know now that um, that is tuning up our epigenetics. Now on your ladder, if you think of your ladder of the gene, there's, there's like little switches. And according to what's happening in the outside world, according to the level of cortisol, for example, that's one of the things, those switches can be turned on and off. So literally genes can be turned on and off according to the environment in which you're growing up in. So that's the ideal environment, safe, affiliative, fun sharing environments that's your ideal okay that's when everything starts to go clickety click and your brain is maturing to be a participating partner in a caring community unfortunately it doesn't always go that well and since agriculture we've created the most horrific <laughs> um, and some children get exactly the opposite now under those conditions i'm afraid uh, the brain doesn't mature in the same way. Um, it has to be much more threat oriented. Aspects of the frontal cortex does not mature in the same way if it's not in a caring environment. We've all had all the horrible experiences of the Romanian children who weren't 
abused particularly, but also they weren't interacted with, they were neglecting them, sort of emotional regret there. It changes the brain. There's no question at all now that um, the experiences of our early life impact our brain development and our epigenetic profiles. So there's, that's overwhelming. And so really the key for us as preventers is to constantly hammer home the fact that all children need a caring, loving environment to grow in because that's what feeds their brain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, like I do that because we've worked within the prisons, most of the people in the prisons uh, have had life experiences that have really screwed their brains. I mean, their brains are simply not set up for community caring living, they're not. And so a lot of the colleagues that we work with, that's why you develop some of these exercises and so on to try to get some of these physiological systems and these people who are in prison, get those systems working. And, you know, we've just published a paper showing that we can change psychopathic traits, which is very exciting. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so, and that's the other reason actually, Stan, why we're very interested in that, you know, CFT should be seen as a body-based, brain-based, um, therapy and um, as therapies get better at identifying specific brain areas with specific exercises and they are Tanya Singh has done brilliant work here um, she's shown for example the mindfulness training compassion training and um, um, <clears throat> empathy training uh, actually change different brain systems overlapping but different brain systems so we can even begin to target brain systems now with specific practices which is incredibly exciting so yeah, so you're absolutely right. Um, we are basically uh, a species that's designed for caring and sharing, basically. But modern cultures and certainly neoliberalism uh, pushes us towards uh, unhelpful competitiveness and selfishness and callousness. It's worth saying again and again, all children need a caring, loving environment to grow in. In the next episode, Paul discusses a key aspect to working with compassion-focused therapy, the fears, blocks and resistances we can all have to compassion.